1: Performance from Joseph Benavides. He went all levels with his attacks. Once I saw him hurt on the cage, that's when the pit bull came out. Joseph Benavides!
2: Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never
3: been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast! It's dangerous.
2: <laughs> Listen to me, we're good evening welcome to ufc unfiltered um i just took my glasses off so i don't look fat and old um we have a good show today my pal dan Soder. i don't, I don't think he's been on yet dan's a really really funny comic and he's on billions and he loves uh mma and uh, i'm happy dan will be on and we also have joseph benavidez who announced his retirement Uh, After 15 years. So it'll be good to talk to Joe again.
3: Yeah, Jimmy. And always good to talk to you, my friend.
2: Yes, it is. And it's also good when uh, both of our picks uh, are wrong. We couldn't have been wronger.
3: Well, is wronger correct English?
2: I don't know. It couldn't, again, it couldn't be a worse butchering of the English language than our picks.
3: But why would I say anything about the English language? I barely could speak. Jimmy. Yes, sir. How tough, though. It's fucking uh Devin Clark. Did you see that, uh,
2: crazy? Yeah.
3: What would you do if your teeth would you keep fighting if your teeth were like that? No, I wouldn't,
2: Matt. No, I wouldn't. I would go, ah, good, good fight. I'm gonna go home.
3: Hey, Jimmy, a lot of other guys that fight in that cage wouldn't do would do the same exact thing. Yeah. That well, that couldn't have felt good.
1: Nah, so his, no, no.
3: That did not look normal. How many came out? Dude, I, it looked like the whole front bottom row was like pushed in. It
1: looked oh,
2: like three ah, or four of them, yeah.
3: Nah, they, and then he went out to fight like that other in the in the last round. Crazy. I mean, listen, but you have to give credit to
2: Leon uh, Cuklava. <laughs> yeah,
3: I love. It, yeah. I, loved, I mean, listen, I love his takedowns, man. Yeah, he, he like switched it on him. You know what I mean? He, he turned the tables, and uh, and and Devin Clark could not could not enforce his grappling, which I thought was going to be the big uh, the big difference, but. He got out grappled. So that was very interesting.
2: He's a real, he's an animal. Uh, that was it. We both took Devin Clark, but, um, you know, well, you live and you learn.
3: There's, I'll tell you the undercard too. There was a lot of great fights.
2: There really were. Did you, the first fight Goldie against, uh, Whitmire, uh, that arm bar in in the, uh, first round. I was thought, I thought of you. I went, what if Matt saw this?
3: Not only did I see that, Jimmy, I watched the prelims, uh, actually this morning. I watched them late. Ah. And, uh, I watched that fight, and Widmeyer was looking great. Yeah. She was on – Whitmeyer was on fire. I didn't mean to do a little ride. No,
2: it's perfect. I like it. It's preferred. She,
3: she was looking great. And uh, and Hannah Goldie was kind of like, all right, like, like accepting that bottom position of the ball. Not that she's accepting it. She was getting taken down. Yeah. But with that arm lock, I literally – so you know I'm not bullshitting. You know I don't bullshit, Jimmy. No. I don't bullshit. You know, but as you see here, Jimmy, you know, now I literally take. this What does that look like? Oh, look you hear me talking? You sound like
2: Michael Bisping.
3: Well, well, the thing is this. I'm talking also during it. Oh, I so I sent that video to two of my daughters, my two older daughters. I Because, you know, my other one doesn't have the uh, sure. texting. So I sent them that video and they said, look, we were working on this in class. Look at the angle she had. She was losing that fight. So that's basically, so it's funny that that's the fight that you brought up because I do, first of all, it, it, just like a, a one punch could change the course of a fight. She was losing and she got a beautiful arm lock. And even though she was losing, that arm would have been broken in half. So that's the the thrill that you heard in her voice when she got that tap, a verbal submission. Yeah, tap, tap, yeah, tap. Yeah, yeah,
2: tap, tap, tap. Is what she said? Tap, 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 right?
3: Yeah, tap, tap, tap or it's going to be broke, 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 man. Yeah. But that was, uh, that was beautiful because you know I love jujitsu. Yeah, you do. Soda is ready to go. We're gonna get more, into yeah. these fights Afterwards, because the undercard, I was really impressed with Colston Harris, uh, de- defeating Kim um, uh, Impa. Um, Kim Impa, Colston Garner. Yeah, that was that because they both looked that one. They bo- you knew something was happening. That wasn't yeah. gonna go the distance. You just knew it, and I, that that fight did not disappoint.
2: By the way, didn't Kutalaba, sorry, I'm sorry, Matt, Kutalaba at one point, did. am I thinking that that's the fight I'm thinking of where he dropped Clark and didn't jump on him fast enough? Like he kind of looked at his handiwork and wound up having to keep fighting. I am thinking that's the fight. I, he went up winning, but wasn't there one point where it looked like he could have really uh, finished the fight and he looked at him for a half second or a second while he was on the ground? I, I want to say it was in the first round where he, he dropped Devin Clark and I was like, what's he looking at him for? Maybe he thought Clark was out. Um, I, but I remember he looked at him a little, it reminded me of Sean O'Malley.
3: Dude, I think Cuda Labor is out, out of his mind. Yeah, he's and a little I love crazy. it. I, he's a very interesting individual. He belongs in a cage. Uh, we're going to get Dan Soder in right now, but really, sure. Aaron Blanchfield <clears throat> looked freaking excellent versus Salah yeah. Apar. And Sarah was game, but Aaron was all over her.
2: Yeah, 30-25, 30-25, 30-26. Yeah, that was a very uh, a decisive win. Looking for a new home or you want to save on your current mortgage? Visit rate.com and you could get massive savings with Guaranteed Rate, the official mortgage partner of the UFC. Rates are at a historic lows and you could land that dream home or refinance to potentially cut your current payments in about 15 minutes. Visit rate.com today to get started with Guaranteed Rate, equal housing lender subject to credit approval. Savings if any vary based on a variety of factors. Restrictions apply. Company NMLS ID number 2611. NMLS Consumer Access Org. This episode of UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by P3, the official protein snack of the UFC. P3 portable protein packs are a savory and crunchy combination of three dynamic sources of protein from meat, cheese, and nuts. Each P3 pack contains up to 13 grams of protein, and they come in great-tasting combinations like turkey, almond, and Colby Jack. P3, three dynamic ways to fuel your day with protein-packed meat, cheese, and nuts, because three is better than one. What's up, guys? How the hell are you?
4: Hey, buddy.
3: Did you get fights over the weekend or no?
4: I didn't. I was working in Tempe Improv, bombing in the desert, Matt. That's what I was doing. Was it a rough weekend? Hey, nah. It was just I. I started comedy in Arizona, and it's like one of those things, you know, like a bully from middle school. They always have the mental edge on you. Yeah. Arizona always has that edge where I still feel like an open micer, And I'm like, I like,
2: Oh, suck. right. Cause they know it's like doing something in front of your family. They know who they, you exact, are. They yeah. know that
4: I suck at comedy. <laughs> yeah. And, they, and the whole time almost even if I'm killing, I'm like, you guys don't mean that. Shut yeah. up. You feel exposed. Yeah. 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 So that was, it was one of those. I have, those are the, one or two weekends. I always have a hard time with her going back to Arizona and Colorado because I'm from Denver and I love that club but I like look out in the audience and you see someone from high school and you're like, yeah. oh, well, you know that I'm a loser. Yeah.
3: How long was it weird getting your groove back? Because I know Jimmy had to get his groove back. He took a Yeah.
4: Goal. Jimmy's always been getting his groove back. That's Jimmy right. Sten- Stella Sten- and me both. <laughs> Jimmy goes to Jamaica and just finds a large man to get his groove back. Find my groove. <laughs> I uh, I was doing shows enough that like it, I felt like uh, during the pandemic, I was getting up enough that I didn't completely lose my groove. But what was crazy was going back on the road, learning that I don't have that stamina anymore to do five hour long shows yeah. on a weekend. I was getting like legitimate... I was getting like um, manual labor tired, and that's how I knew I was out of because I'm like, this is one of the easiest jobs ever.
2: And to be tired after it and go, oh, it's too much, too (laughs) much work. Dude, I'm going to Buffalo this week, and I I've been doing just Friday Saturday, but I got to do Thursday too, and I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck, man? (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
4: because they're like, oh, you get to like Saturday, and you're like, two more, push through. You know, it's like Matt when you're training and you haven't trained in a while, and you do something you used to do all the time with ease. And then you're like back, you're like, damn, I can't, I can't believe how much harder this is than it used to be.
3: You can't, Is it the enthusiasm? Or yeah. You have to keep your foot on the gas for somewhat, even though it's not manual labor, you have yeah. to keep the energy. There's times I go to my jujitsu school, Dan, I've been teaching forever. If I'm feeling a little, eh, I'm, I'm having someone, one of my other guys teach it because there'll be more, oh, I get to teach. The, you need the enthusiasm, especially for like stand up, I'd imagine.
4: Absolutely. And and what's weird is it's like little things like I had to take two flights to get to Phoenix. So for some reason, that made me more tired than just a direct flight. It's like the smallest thing since COVID. I'm like, why am I not energetic on this Thursday show? And it was like, oh, because I landed at 9 a.m. And I've spent the whole day here in Phoenix.
2: Yeah, I find that the connecting flight, I had one. And I, this is my first week back like a month ago. And I fucking canceled the connection and just drove from Chicago to Madison. <laughs> yeah. I, I drove from Chicago. I'm like, I'll drive five hours to avoid a fucking connecting flight.
4: Dude, I did the exact same thing with Columbus, Ohio. Back in March, I flew to Detroit and actually missed my flight and had to get a, a rental car. But I was like, I actually kind of prefer this. Yeah. Because I, I don't mind sitting in a rental car for three hours, listening to music and talking to myself as opposed to just running the entire terminal of detroit's airport sweating my ass off getting on a plane
2: why'd you miss the was your original flight late or were you just
4: tardy they were you know like we're talking about us getting back in the groove but it's funny to watch delta try to get back in the groove yeah because like airlines are kind of like when they when there was when no one was flying during covid you saw people at delta just like enjoying their job being like, hey, you know what? We'll call it from the back of the plane. We're having a good time. Who wants a water? Don't touch me. <laughs> and then now they're like, now they're like stressed out and they're like, there's so many fucking people. Yeah. And they're just like, what do I do? So it's, it's, it was like a mixture of that, of like them being stressed in the rain and it, I, my flight. I missed my connection.
2: Now, the beard, I've never seen you with a beard. Is that for the show? I know you're you're doing, you're re-upped on Billions again. Is that for that or you just like it? It's just pure laziness.
4: Yeah. It is pure laziness. And COVID was the first time I tried to grow a beard and it kind of worked. Yeah. Everyone I've talked to is like, just keep trying. See, like the way Matt's facial hair is, you can tell, you can grow a hell of a beard if you wanted to.
3: I might be able to, right? Dude, I
0: don't get like
3: when it gets, you know what it does though? I And I do, this is, a, I don't like it. I don't like when it gets, too long because i sweat and then i feel like it's because i'm training yeah. jiu-jitsu so i don't like it all soggy yeah and i don't like the fucking i do i take the buzzer thing all at the top of it and i go around my lips like because i don't like it feeling yeah good. that's
4: exactly that's exactly what i feel like i'll just constantly be like it's on my lips but i, I, yeah, like, a I like that
3: shit for some reason Hey, man, I'm sorry, Jim, when you guys for both of you guys, when you're on the road, it might be similar when I do seminars and shit. What do you do to kill the time? I mean, you're usually by yourself, probably, you know, yeah, do you do between shows like to kill the
4: time I don't really I mean, I don't know, I just I'm we, lazy That's as like, no.
3: practice your shit, I don't know,
4: yeah. What do you do, Jim? I, I I'll find a soup kitchen and help. <laughs> <laughs> I go out and, and I give do the back. opposite. I go under, <laughs> I go under underpasses and pay bums to fight each other. That's <laughs> a, I go, I'm a, bu- I'm a local bum fight promoter <laughs> in, in every city. I usually, if I have a friend in the city that always helps, like someone I haven't seen or someone I grew up with. But oftentimes, you know, you go to lunch and then you go back to your hotel and nap and then wake up and act like you did something that day
2: yeah
3: that was like like definitely louis ck did like a bit on that ages ago and it was about him on the road it was so funny because i could kind of relate to it he'd be like he'd just wake up jerk off just leave it on his belly go first he'd go to the mall and order like a a fucking frozen yogurt and it's the first time he talked to somebody all day it's like the afternoon it was a funny
4: but that's exactly it i mean he nailed it because you really don't realize that you spend like Up until 4 p.m. You don't talk to anybody. And then it's a lady in the hotel for an extra towel. People don't realize they put you right back in your in your kennel.
2: Do you travel with anyone, Dan, or do you? uh, I like to go with somebody just because it's fun to have a friend on the road.
4: Yeah, I will. uh, Depending on the club, I'll bring my feature act. And that usually is something. But like Tempe, uh, you know, it's such a long way away. And my friend Paulie lives in Tucson. So he was opening for me, but he has a job. So he wasn't like
2: hanging out so right. i really
4: was just alone the whole time just being like
2: all right then i'll walk, go to the club i guess half of picking someone to go on the road with you is just is this a person i can eat lunch and dinner with yes and not, and not be want to smash like that's all it is how many times jim
4: have you brought someone on the road where you regret it instantly like just at dinner and you're like oh
2: this is gonna suck i'll tell you the one guy i really regretted fucking keith really? years ago keith robinson this is when i was first started selling tickets like this is probably the old Opie and Anthony show, like two thousand one, two thousand two, and Keith uh, and Bob Kelly were coming out with me. And Keith came to f- Cleveland with me, and he was such an unbearable dick <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> what are you stupid? Check it in. Like, yeah, yeah. he just yeah. didn't want me to think I was the boss. And uh, that's the only time
4: you're not the headliner. I'm the headliner. Shut up, stupid. Yeah, I don't want to go. Yeah, there's there's been um, there's been friends of mine that have brought on the road that when they shoot down all your ideas, you're kind of like. All right. Well, now you're making this suck for me. Yeah. But are you are want you- to go see a movie, and they're like, no. And you're like, you want to go eat lunch at Buffalo Wild Wings? Uh, yeah. like, Why are you here? This is the yeah, stuff exactly. I to yeah.
2: <laughs> it's got to be someone you want to. I got It's funny. I talked to Dice today. I, I haven't talked to him in a, about a month or two months. And he goes, we should do a few dates together. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Like I would love to go out with fucking. Dice and do some shows just to hang with him. And it's like, yeah. it's, we always have fun. And that's you got to have fun with the guy on the road. Obviously, yeah. he would close.
4: Yeah. And it's all it, what's, what's good is and you've probably seen this, Jim, is when your friends become super successful to the point that you can open for them and it doesn't hurt your ego. And you're kind of like, oh, this is kind of fun because like Nate Bargatze blew up and he's like one of the biggest comics now. And I used to open for him. And then there was this thing of like, maybe I'll go on the road with Nate for a little. That'd be fun. And then I'm like, he's too clean. I forget that. yeah.
2: Like Bill Burr called me But he just wanted me To pick him up at the airport And drop him off He didn't want He he didn't want me To do any time Yeah that's so funny He's like I need a ride Jim Just take me to the hotel Dude you're sober I trust you behind the wheel Yeah but when you see your friends Like at least with Dice It's easy Because he's always Been bigger than me But if it's a guy That like shot past you Or that you were Kind of equal with At one point All of a sudden You're like wow I'm not even in the same Convert like I'm lucky I'm in the same business Yeah you feel like Left
4: out You're like so did i miss the call and they're like not uh nah, this yeah. person's just doing well but yeah. matt matt with people like when you have a buddy right that kind of pisses you off when you're working you're doing jujitsu so you can hurt them a little bit
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> when I, what i mean on the roll of like a seminar if yeah it's like
4: you go on a seminar and your buddy's with you and they're kind of being a dick you're like let me show this hold to the class real quick <laughs> on this per-
3: <laughs> i can put it on him a little extra Hey yeah. man, i don't want to be negative but holy shit man we're talking comedy norm McDonald passing. Yeah, man, dude, yeah. I've been watching. First of all, I put on for the family "Dirty Work." Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, I I've just never seen that. that. What? Oh, on, I know
2: everyone, even on the radio, they they, they, they I'm out of my mind. I've never seen "Dirty Work." It is is already in that. Oh my god, already. Yeah, okay, that's the one.
3: That's Artie's. how they. That's how they met. They met on on they. Like, he introduced he um he tried out for that. Oh that, okay. And Norm liked them and this and that. Already even talked about it. dude he Got along right away and.
4: Something I didn't know when I rewatched it after Norm died, I didn't realize Bob Saget directed it.
3: Oh, hundred percent. I did say I'm like the biggest norm fan. I yeah, I, I love his podcast. The one on Netflix was okay, you know, but for yeah. a little difference. The first one, which, I mean, Adam Egget was both of them. That the guy who's the comedy
4: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. But they yeah. did a show on, on YouTube. That's it, the one I used to watch. So fucking good. So so good. So good. So fucking good. I, I was watching it, I've been watching it. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm in like a morning, I feel. because I've been watching. Absolutely.
4: I think it was a real bummer because I think Norm meant a lot to people, not only in comedy, but outside. What what, I used to love when Artie would come around and hang out at the cellar, I would always ask him about Dirty Work because it's one of my favorite movies. And he said, Don Rickles, they had him for one day of shooting. And Don didn't ever. Don Rickles never called them by their character names. He was just calling them Artie and Norm. So, like, during the takes, they had to be like, hey, uh, you called him Norm again. It's actually Mitch in the movie. And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> he was just like, already was saying, like, he just didn't give a shit. He's like, yeah, I'm going to insult you and I'm going to call you whatever I call you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Chris, he was great. In it. He, he they had little parts in it, but he was great. In and also, Chris Farley was great in it.
4: Yeah, Jim, I, w- I would definitely say watch that movie because it holds up in a way of it's very Norm. It's very like the jokes are very Norm Macdonald.
2: Is that the one, we, could we watch a scene from a movie? Is that the one with the dead hookers in the trunk? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We watched that scene on the radio show and I, I hadn't seen it. And if I've seen parts of it, I don't remember it. And I really sure. left. Um, he was such a funny fucking guy. I mean, a, a really unique, amazing, casual delivery. Like he could hit you with barbaric Shit, in just yeah. the most casual and conversational way, he was—he was really brilliant.
4: Did you know him well? Because I only met him once in—in—in in, in passing, and it wasn't even that.
2: It's funny, man. We—we we started like I—I I did the Saget roast with him, and uh, I had seen him from time to time. We would always say hello, and um, he was on the—I think the radio show just one time. He started texting me in 2019, like out of the blue. I just started getting a text from Norm because it was about—he uh, was so mad about what was happening with Shane Gillis. He yeah. was really outraged by that. And um, he wanted Chain to come on our show, And so he and I just started texting back and forth and talking. And uh, he was t- expressing like so much disgust with a lot of uh, the the language policing and stuff like that. It was really nice to talk to him. Uh, we didn't know each other that well, other than just seeing each other around. So yeah, I, I got to know him a little bit through that. That's always a good
4: feeling too when you're a comic and another comic reaches out that you don't really know, but they kind of understand who you are and they're like, "Hey, what's up?" You know. And there's this kind of like camaraderie because. He was, you know, when he passed away, Shane's one of my best friends and Shane and I were talking about it. And Shane showed me all of the DMS that Norm sent him. Yeah. And you were right. It was like very rage induced, kind of like disgusted that this would happen where he's like, what are they doing? Why? Why is this happening? We got jokes. Why are they coming after jokes? And and it was like, you know, it's reassuring when you kind of see a, a, a comic legend like that kind of be pissed at some of the stupid shit.
2: Yeah, and when, when it's a guy that you know is so respected and it's a guy that you admire and you're having that conversation with him, you're like, yeah, I feel, I, I feel like uh, very, very flattered that he thinks enough of me to have a conversation. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't it's not something you look at and go, ah, it, it's like, wow, it was really, that meant something.
4: Well, and I think that was always something like when I first got past at the cellar, like being able to sit down with all you guys and then like hearing you guys talk shit and knowing it was like similar to how I thought. It was very like reassuring where you're like oh yeah these guys get it that guy's a hack and I didn't think anybody <laughs> knew it I know <laughs>
2: everyone's like nice oh, thanks now did you see the funny text that the, the DM that Norm sent Joe List oh my god it's so funny where Joe, Joe List was Joe List a
4: fantastic comic very funny yeah uh, very very funny comic he's got a podcast with Mark Norman called Tuesdays with Stories and Block he,
3: that,
2: beep that out take that out boop.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no other podcast can exist uh <laughs> But he sent Joe lists like uh, right when COVID hit, you know, he's like, um, hey, Joe, how you holding up? And Joe responded, "Uh, you know, I've I've had about eleven thousand dollars in gigs canceled. But besides that, I'm doing pretty good. And Norm wrote back, oh, man, an entire years of work. An entire year
2: of work. <laughs> Very Which, funny.
4: Yeah. Dude, Norm ruled, man. And, it, and like going back and watching
2: all this. I didn't go for the OJ jokes. That was in poor taste. <laughs> yeah. Did that upset you as much as it upset me? I loved it. Well, what's funny is <laughs> I was in uh, in
4: 2019. I did like um, I did Edinburgh Fringe Festival and I did a bunch of European festivals and I was in Ireland and Michelle Wolf was there. And I was talking about Norm. We were at dinner, and I was just talking about how, like, I think Norm McDonald's the funniest person to ever live. And she was like, yeah, I didn't really get into him when he was on The Weekend Update. And I was like, well, you know all about his Michael Jackson jokes. And she's like, well, yeah, no, not really. And then I put it on YouTube, and it was like fun turning
2: Michelle Wolf into a Norm McDonald fan. Yeah. We were like, he had the best Weekend Update jokes. Dude, he really did. And he, they were brutal, some of them. I forget what his joke is, and I, I I'm going to butcher it, but he said something about my father... Died last week, and it's only now I can laugh about it. It's a very, <laughs> funny, very, very funny, very norm joke, but I probably I probably butchered it the way my aunt would butcher one of my jokes.
4: Yeah, he um he had one of my favorite Michael Jackson because he never let up on OJ or Michael. No, Jackson. he did not. He I mean to the point that it, it got him fired from SNL. Yeah, because the president of NBC was friends with OJ. But my one of my favorite Michael Jackson jokes he had was he was like, uh, ah, the king of pop is resting in a hospital after ankle surgery. And he requested two giant pictures of Shirley Temple in his room. But don't worry, Michael Jackson is a homosexual
2: pedophile.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, the whole audience was like, no. And
2: Norm was just fucking sitting there, just down barrel. He was the best, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He never gave a shit. Uh, I mean, even if it bothered him, it didn't show. You'd never yeah. know it. And he even
4: said, like, he went out there trying to bomb on Weekend Update, being like, I want to do the jokes that we wanted to do. Yeah.
3: See, yeah, he was, like, the, he was the stuff, best. Yeah, stuff like that that cost him his job, like at Weekend Update, where other guys would have they would have complied. Yeah, I mean that's what really that's what everybody's talking about now that he's gone. It's oh, yeah. like when he did that 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 roast that Bob Saget's roast where- one of
4: my favorite sets of all time, and Jim Jim was yeah. my favorite callback.
2: Oh the the Norman uh, yeah,
4: Peter uh, blue uh, uh,
2: Peter Peter Fonda uh, Norman uh Jesus Christ Fonda, yeah. Henry Fonda picking blueberries. Yeah, and he had the paper. And
4: he folded the paper at one point. Was he holding the paper during your set or was someone else's set? He had the paper and he folded it when they brought him up. And then he, he did the pa- Oh, he didn't have the paper. Because then he goes, I think anybody would enjoy watching Henry Fonda pick blueberries. And even watching you be like, yeah, you're right.
2: <laughs> It's funny watching his set. I was on right after him. So the whole time like whatever you're going on you're you're mostly thinking about what am I going to do and what what already got cuz it was just me, it was Norm and then me and then Gilbert and that was the end. Yeah. That was the end of that roast. So it was more like oh that got stepped on, that got stepped on, that got stepped on. So you're like worrying about what you're going to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that Henry Fonda line was amazing.
3: For the people at home listening when this was at a roast, it was Bob Saget's roast and Norm McDonald like did all old fashioned, like out of a 1940s, like, joke. Yeah. He oh, read, yeah. like old, like, like old, like, uh, old jokes that was so cheesy. And it after like, now we all know what he was doing, Yeah. But my, my question is Jimmy, you were there. Yes. I heard it was brutal there like no even the comedians were almost confused
2: that but we got it though of course the comedians got it i mean you know you know what norm is like and when he says that greg Geraldo, you know the eyes of an eagle this man's (laughs) for the birds i mean you know yeah eventually but but it was brave don't you think like to do something like
3: that because it wasn't killing was it killing
2: no It, it started to do better but with him it was one of those things where you like he just did what he wanted to do and he didn't again you never saw him panic um even the white house correspondence dinner like when something wasn't working that it just felt like this is a you can't tell how much he wanted it to get a laugh or how comfortable he was because he just always moved forward like this is exactly how this is supposed to be going
4: yeah and the comics it's it was fun to watch everybody at, like as someone that watched the roast you saw the comics click in with like oh i know what norm's doing norm's trying to bomb and then he would be like you know bob saget has a uh has a, a furry chest. He's got Rin Tin Tin chest. And then everyone was like, what the fuck? And then you watch the
2: comics being like, oh, man, he's dive. He's taking a dive. Yeah, That's, that's, not, all, that's his not, not his only resemblance to Rin Tin Tin. It was that's so what funny, was. Rin yeah, Tin yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Tin. It's just Norm, just Norm McDonald's vomit. It was so funny.
3: funny. He hesitates. He goes, he's a fucking dog face. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. No, oh, listen, hysterical. What a, what a great loss. And another thing, just to, we'll get off it now, but he never told anybody he was six. Yeah, he's six. No. 10, 10 years. That's like, that. That's like Black Panther. That's the one. Exactly. Had. Yeah. Like, they, had this thing. they don't want no pity. It's, I get a
4: hangnail and I complain about it yeah, on, on the radio. And it's like he had cancer for nine years. And also, it just shows you how tough of a guy he is. He doesn't even use it to get out of stuff. You know what I would be right. like, oh, I can't. I got the cancer.
2: I've actually been. No, no. I don't. I don't have cancer, but I lie about it if I'm having a bad set <laughs> to try to get the crowd on my side. Just halfway through, you go. Also, I want to let you
4: know this might be my last set. I'm dying yeah. of cancer. So if
2: you want to continue talking over there,
3: bachelorette party, <laughs> put yeah. your
4: dick straws down and listen to a dying man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the fact that he didn't. And, and, and who's the actor? Black, Black Panther. Oh, Chadwick mean, Boseman. Chad yeah, I, I, both of those guys. It's like an amazing thing for someone to have that, like that moral. I guess, fortitude to go, nope, I'm going to plow ahead. And I want them yeah. only to see the work and my jokes and my It's amazing.
4: Even crazier when you think that Chadwick Boseman worked out and got in shape for a superhero movie while battling cancer. That's insane.
2: Yeah. I mean, I put on some pandemic tits and uh, yeah, me I, too. I, I keep All pretending right. like, <laughs> oh man,
4: I wasn't feeling well.
2: I'm tired. My apnea is nothing but
4: excuses. Yeah, dude, I, I was just eating late and then I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm sick. Who knows? Yeah. Um. So, the, what year are you on? Billion? Do you on? You're five or six? We're uh season five's airing. We're we're airing the back half of season five right now because pandemic. We were halfway through filming it. Right. We're up to like episode eight, and then they were like, you know, we got to shut it down. So they aired the first seven during the pandemic, and then we came back and finished the back half. And then now we're already into season six. Oh, you already shooting? Yeah, I think we're we're already like. We're damn near two thirds of the way done filming season six. And what was it like? Didn't you have Stepe in your corner for uh, like a boxing episode you did? Dude, he's the man. He is the fucking man. Stipe rules, dude. He is not a guy. There's there's few people in life that you meet that you're like, ah, man, that you just hope are cool as as like Jon Stewart was as cool as, you know, like Seinfeld sucked. That sucked meeting Seinfeld. Oh but, no! Yeah, Why? dude. Was,
3: wait, 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 wait! Don't, you can't go past that so quickly. Oh,
4: dude. Well, Jim
2: knows too. Any comic knows. Seinfeld's a dick. You know, Jer- Jer- Jerry is not the warmest guy. He's never been rude to me. Like he's been conversational. He always says hello. But I, I, I always think like, yeah, he doesn't really care about me either way. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> well, he's also got the, you know, the the infamous Bobby Kelly story. That's not you. It's the best. <laughs> it's
3: my favorite. Oh, wait, wait, no.
4: Come on, man. You guys got to have Bobby on to tell that to, for the proper telling of that story, because Bobby got complete. I mean, Seinfeld, I just tried to a couple times say hello the way I would, you know, say hello to like Jim or Patrice or Bobby when I was young, like, hey, how are you? I kind of realized. And just the way all of them handled it, they'd be like, hey, you know, but he was like insulted
2: in a way where I was like, dude, don't be a dick. Come on. What are you? he didn't like when I walked up to him cause I had a coffee and I'm like, imagine if we were in a car right now, what we could do.
4: <laughs> He's like, I'm going to have to ask you, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I'm going to fight you. But steep. So we had on, on billions, there was this episode where we were in a celebrity boxing match. And of course it, it was played up that me and the other guy are completely unathletic. Cause we're, we are, we're, are completely unathletic. And they were like, Oh, cool. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fight fan. You know, I'm a casual UFC fan. I'm a casual boxing fan, but I pay attention. And they were like, the first person they got was Deontay Wilder. And they're like, we got Deontay Wilder for the show. And I was like, dude, you got to let me have the bronze bomber as my coach. Come on. That guy's awesome. He's got the heaviest right hand in boxing. And I was like throwing out stats about people he beat. And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, well, he's not in your corner. And then they were going to, I think originally one of the names they threw out was Joe Rogan. They were like trying to find people to get in my corner. And then they come back and they go, we got Stipe Miotic. And I was like, you got, it was right after he lost to Cormier the first time. And I was like, oh man, you guys got the former UFC heavyweight champion. And they're like, yeah, he's going to come in. And we spent about two or three days working together. And he was the coolest guy I've ever met in my life. And so, I he's mean, showing
2: you how to box? He, you
4: know, they didn't really like show us stuff as much as they put us in these scenes to make me look stupid while they're training me. Kind of like I'm frustrating them because right. I can't get it. And then he did, really didn't show me anything. But what was cool is I just got to talk to Stipe because, you know, when you're filming shit, it takes Sure. 12, 14 hours. It's a
2: case of hurry up and wait.
4: <laughs> but I would ask him, I'd be like, why aren't you fighting Cormier again? Like, where's your rematch? And I just got to ask him things that a UFC fan would yeah. want to ask the former heavyweight champion. And he was so nice and so patient and just like, like uh, talking to me about it. And you're like, oh, man, you are. He's a throwback tough guy. You know, he's a firefighter that just like fights. And you're like, dude, you are a badass.
2: Yeah, he really is. He's, he does nothing but take risks. Yeah. Nothing but take risks. And uh, the fact that he's still a firefighter because he enjoys it. Dude, it's. I was in Cleveland a month
4: ago and I texted him. I was like, hey, I'm in Cleveland. Come on out to a show at hilarities. And he's like, man, I'm, I'm I'm going to see family on Saturday. So I can't. And Friday, you know, I'm working. a am on. I'm on at the firehouse. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You still go battle fucking fires, dude.
2: <laughs> yeah, he really is a fucking maniac. Like, you don't need to do that. I, he must love doing it just to keep himself. um just, uh, you know, grounded or whatever. Or maybe he just likes the adrenaline. Yeah.
4: Well, I mean, Matt, you were, you've were you been a champion. And how much does that, like, pull you away from your, like, do, do you feel like once you win a championship, it's hard to kind of go back to being the person you were? Or do you try to stay connected with that? Because I feel like once you're the champ, you're like, I'm the fucking
3: champ, dude. Nah, I was never that guy. Yeah. I, I upset the champ. You know, yeah. I was a champ for a fucking six months and then I was not the champ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck that. You're the
4: champ, dude.
3: I know. You know, then I lost the, the rematch. But now nah, you listen. I think you become more of who you are. So if you're a fucking just like you guys, you got you're a popular guy, Dan. And especially in, in certain circles that comedy's like like fighting incense where some certain circles, people like, oh, my God, Dan of Otherwise, some of the people are like, oh, who's this guy? Same thing with fighting. There's people that come up to me and somewhere, and they'd be like, oh, shit, it's uh, fucking Joe Rogan. i go, ah, close enough. <laughs> then, you know, they don't, so, you know, you don't let it get to your head. Yeah. You're like, oh, wow, people have know." you Somebody's like, you... oh, why are they asking for your pictures? <laughs> I, and then you'll say, oh, I'm, but I don't know you. I'm yeah, like, I
4: you don't know in you. the
3: traffic. I don't know what to tell people when they say shit like that to
4: me. You know, it's that's so funny, because comics, what we get is like, oh, are you, are you gonna, are you gonna try to be on SNL? And you're like, yeah, there's, several different avenues for that <laughs> have you ever seen somebody matt have you ever seen somebody kind of become champ and then become an ass like kind of let out, let the cat out of the bag and be like oh, i'm actually an asshole and i was just being nice until i got the gold around my waist
3: no i mean no you just you see people start to drop off or yeah all of a sudden it's like yo man you don't seem so hungry like yeah right now there's a guy fucking looking to have you eat your soul like what are you doing
4: yeah i mean
3: commercial what are you doing you're doing <laughs> what are you doing right now yeah. you should be like fucking club of line doing upside down sit-ups sort with of a chain on your neck what yeah. the fuck? see stuff like that can get to you so yeah it's like dude you know you're gonna be this is all great but you lose a fight everything's over so i've seen that happen
4: i'm very i will tell you as a ufc fan i've been talking about this a lot with my friends i'm very
2: excited for heavyweight john jones if it happens, I mean, I, I I would love to see it happens, but I don't know what he's waiting for. I mean, maybe he's just trying to get the... He said it's been harder than he anticipated, but I mean, him against Francis would be nice. Him against Cyril Ghana would be an amazing fight because yeah. they both move so well.
4: Yeah. I just... I saw a picture of him. He, like, posted a picture. And I was like, damn, he's a big boy now. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gotten tall, along. and now he's just, like, kind of got fat face. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Even grappling-wise, man. I mean, how many guys put DC down? I mean, yeah. grappling. Like, yeah. He's got those long arms?
4: Do you think that's Matt? Is someone that would would that affect him shooting his weight? Is that going to affect like how quickly?
3: Well, I mean, anytime you put on weight, I think that could affect your speed. But yeah, Matt, he's an athletic guy. I mean, I just
4: remember I went, I got to see him fight Chael Sonnen, and I was just watching him shoot on Chael, and I was like, this guy's unbelievable.
3: Well, I mean, and again, I think he's going to have even if he's putting on weight, I think he's going to have the speed advantage against a lot of these heavyweights because yeah. he's going to be still smaller, probably most likely, you know. I don't think he's going to be walking around. I don't think he's cutting the 265. I think he's – you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He'll he'll fight at like 235,
3: 240 a bit. Yeah. Damn.
2: Yeah. That's my guess. You got yeah. He's
3: still set to fucking strangle people at any rate, you know, but even besides the striking. I think that's yeah. a great equalizer. Like, he fights Francis. <sighs> I see rear naked choke happening. That's kind yeah. of – Yeah. I'm i telling you, Troy, I, I see a submission by Jones is what I – I mean, I envision, but it's possible.
2: Yeah. Although Stepe, look, Stepe tried to. When Francis, uh, when Stepe couldn't take him down, when he came in a little bit lighter, that's when you knew Stepe was in trouble. When he shot for that takedown, and Francis kind of splayed his legs back because he'd been working on the wrestling and the defense for takedowns. You're like, yeah, that's a it, rough night.
3: He didn't take him down. Doesn't mean he can't take him down. I mean, uh, absolutely, shot, yeah, of course. One shot, and then he hit him, and he got a little throw. You know, you know how many guys Stepe put to sleep. So once he connected with him. He's probably said, all right, let me follow this up. And he got obviously who <laughs> has more power than Francis. So
4: yeah, and I I mean, I remember watching Stipe take some of those shots, and he continued through in a way that I crazy. Like, Damn, dude. Yeah. yeah, what a tough guy.
2: Yeah. Even in the first fight, he took a lot of uh Francis's shots and he got wobbled, but he wound up, you know, he won a decision, which was the most amazing fight. I, the fact that he took Francis to a decision and beat him 50-45. I mean. You know, I think it was 50-45. It, it was a dominant win.
3: What do you guys think about the rematch this weekend with Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler? Man, it's like love it. Years later, seventeen years later, it's, like, it's crazy,
2: wow,
4: crazy, crazy to think Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz are fighting, and I love it. I'm a, I love I'm a I love the Nick Diaz army, and I'm just excited to like. I'm excited to see him fight again. I've been I've been waiting for him to come back, and so I, it's definitely a pay per view that I'm very excited to see.
2: And we keep hearing it's going to happen. It's going to happen. They keep teasing it, and it just wouldn't happen. I mean, yeah. yes,
3: seventeen fucking years. Wow,
2: wow, that's insane.
3: It's going to be fucking sick. I can't wait. I'm 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 a, I'm a huge uh, uh, you know, I love both guys, but I'm a Diaz. I'm I'm on Diaz. Yeah, Right. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think that guy's a unique, a unique individual, just like his brother. They both they got their own. They got their own fighting style and their own swag.
4: You know I, I love, mean? I man, nothing in sports. I think the Diaz brothers are some of my favorite things in sports because you are truly seeing two guys do what they are supposed to do in this world. And it's like they're born to fight. They are they're from Stockton. They're from a place that fights. They're from like, because, you know, my family's from the Bay Area. And then anybody from the Bay Area knows Stockton. They're like, yeah, you don't you don't mess around with Stockton. <laughs> And then you got these two brothers that are just, you know, to stalk and slap. I'm very excited, and I hope, I hope it's a good fight. You know, I think Lawler, Lawler's unbelievable.
2: I love watching Lawler, and he's so not little, stop
3: that dude, and he's not getting out like early. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's gonna be a, a fight. Exciting for sure.
2: Dan, we got to wrap up because we got Joseph Benavidez waiting in the in the waiting room. But we're, you're Hell a great, yeah. great comic and, and a great stand up. Where, where are you performing? Let's, let's let's plug Dan's stuff properly. You can
4: go to danceorder.com. I'm going to be at Moon Tower. Then I'm going to be at the Orlando Improv, the Milwaukee Improv, and American comedy company in San Diego. Danceorder.com for tickets. Listen to the Bonfire on Sirius XM Monday through Thursday. Jim, Matt. Awesome seeing you guys as always. Hey, Next, Dan,
3: wait, wait one second, Dan. You know, what? it's really quick. We'll let Joe in for a yeah, second. Yeah. It just came to me. Listen.
2: And I have to I, piss. I,
3: are you pissed. I'm going to talk to Dan real quick. You oh it. yeah, no, no. I just wanted to say really quick because this, this, this just came to me. I did a show with Dan. I think it was what? Louis 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 Gilmes's show. Louis J. Yeah, Gomes. yeah, yeah. ages ago, bro. Yeah, ages I remember ago. that. And we were talking about movies, and I and I was talking about like Adrian and how the Rocky movies and how she was a bitch. And I remember I did my whole take on that. And it's actually afterwards you go, oh, I never heard that outlook on that like that. That like kind of a bit. Yeah. I actually did it when I did looking for a fight. I thought about how you liked what I was saying about that, and I did it because I'm looking for a fight. Then, yeah, we had, like things. I don't know if you ever saw the show. I had to go to um L A. So I had to go sure. to the Death Factory. So part yeah. of the thing on that show was.
4: Oh, I remember that with Dana. Yeah, yeah we're like Dana. Yeah, was, yeah, I remember that.
3: I had to do fucking stand up, dude. I'm listen. I'm silly, but I'm I don't I don't know. Yeah, name. it's. I remember that you liked my little bit on Adrian. So if you ever watch that, you you're the reason why I'm like I hell God, yeah comedian. And he said, oh, man, that's a, a funny like, that was a, that was kind of a funny bit or something like
4: that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Who it's always like, hell yeah, band? dude. I'm, I'm, I hope it went well, because that was that was really funny. I remember doing uh, Lewis's show and you said that you were like, yeah, Adrian was a bitch for the way that she made Rocky feel. And I was like, dude, I've never thought about that. And I've been obsessed with Rocky my whole life. So that's it was such a funny take. It, and I hope it, it a, worked. It,
3: it's something I stretched out and I, I said how she changed within each movie, how it's like relationships. In the yeah, right? Yeah,
4: then she got hot and then she wanted money <laughs> yeah, and all.
3: For <laughs> but hey, man, you, uh, man, dude, you uh, gave me confidence in that fucking
4: Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Thanks, you man. Will, thank you guys so much for having me on. And, uh, you know, of course, Jim left. The I hear the toilet flushing. He's coming right yeah. now. I, dude, uh, I know Jimmy. He's going to move that curtain. Dude, well, it was awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Thanks, and uh, I'll see you guys again soon, hopefully in studio.
3: Sure, dude. You're the man, dude. Thank All right, you, dude. later,
4: Matt. I'll take it easy.
2: UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by NEDS, the official wagering partner of the UFC in Australia. Aussie fight fans, keep an eye out for this weekend's UFC pay-per-view event as NEDS offers a split decision return. This means if you place a head-to-head bet on any main card fight and your pick loses by split decision, NEDS will pay you out as a winner. Plus, you can pump up your odds with a UFC multi simply by combining your favorite markets across all fights on the card. The action doesn't stop with UFC. Neds has everything you need to take it to the Neds level, regardless of what you bet on. For those sports punters, Neds Same Game Multi is now available on more sports than ever before. And for the racing fanatics, Neds Blended is available on all three racing codes. Blended lets you pick multiple runners to win in the same race at special blended odds. It's never been easier for you to be paid out as a winner. Look, whatever you bet on take it to the neds level ufc markets exclude south australian residents split decision return eligible on first 250 dollars state minimum blended odds are $1.10. ten cent terms and conditions apply are available on the neds website remember to always gamble responsibly please call 1-800-858-858
0: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed
2: Hey man, can you hear us?
1: Yes.
3: That's exactly how I wanted. That's how we wanted to see you in retirement. Look at you,
1: getting oh, some yeah. sun shirt off. That's how we do it every day, really. But it means a lot more now, hanging out with this guy. Oh, look at that. very
2: cute dog. Wait, what kind of dog is that? Is that like a hypoallergenic dog? I want to get a dog, but I can't have fucking dog hair.
1: Nah, dude, hypoallergenic's the move. No hair to clean up. Yeah, it's great. He's a he's a Maltese Yorkie, hypoallergenic. Yeah.
2: Very cute. And what made your decision? Was it something that you guys talked over, or you had been thinking of for a while, or do you just you just didn't want to do the grind anymore
1: for retirement? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Congrats
3: on a first. Oh, Joe! Congrats on an amazing career. Yeah.
1: Congrats, on dude. Amazing career. Thanks, man. It was was an awesome journey. You know, Uh, it's great to like sit and look back on it now. You know how it is when when you're doing it, you don't really like you. I think the reason for our success is because like we don't stop and look at what we're doing. You know, we're just, we're on to the next one. Like our next fight's going to be our best fight. And that's always our thought, you know? So, you know, that's why I think I had the longevity in it and it was great. But now to sit back and relax and, you know, like I was never great at taking the praise, but seeing like the, the praise and the compliments come in and like, it feels really good. And it's something like I can definitely be very proud of, you know, so. It's excellent, man. It's a good time.
2: And now that you're retired, is, what what is it? What do you want to do from this point on? Is it going to be hard for you to be like you know, like if I'm not doing stand up, it's kind of hard for me to be around it. Um, or because is it something that you want to stick around, or do you want to take a break from MMA for a while, like being in in the daily uh, around it all the time?
1: Yeah, well, in my mind, it's kind of like so. Like even before MMA, like I lived another life. And it's like I've already had two lives. So I'm just like, you know, maybe I'll make it three and just like have nothing to do with MMA and just turn into this whole other whatever it may be. And that's what I want to do from the beginning. Like, I actually never wanted to announce my retirement. Um, but the way things work with USADA and making it official, like people find out about it, you know, especially when you're in the rankings and stuff. But yeah, that was kind of my idea. But now without uh without it, you know, it's like, I, I want to be involved in the sport and not in such a like, internal way you would think of like, most people may be doing it. Like, I feel like, you know, you become an expert on these things for 15 years, the easiest thing to do is like, well, let's go talk about it. Or let's go uh, coach it. You know, let's go run seminars or something. And you know, that's not something I want to do. And that's kind of at the beginning was like, I should just go do something else, but maybe I can do something else in the sport, like just anything to help the sport. So like, even like PR, like I'm interested in like production of content and like stuff like that. Um, anything to, you know, really build layers to the, to the fight game though, you know, like, like you guys do with a podcast, like some, something different. Like it's not internally like, Hey, I'm a fighter. Now I'm an analyst or a coach. Like, you know, just something I can build from the inside. I even like the outfitting like department I want to like help with. So I want to like I want to help out and, and definitely be around it. You know,
2: you want your mind to work on something other than winning this fight strategy, whether that's coaching, you want, you want to exercise your mind a little bit differently than you have been, which has been so geared towards strategizing and fighting and winning in five rounds or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: Uh, I know you and Megan still doing the podcast.
1: No, we're not doing it. Uh-uh.
2: Okay. So do you want to, do you want a podcast again? Or is it something that it's just very time consuming and just not something you want to do?
1: Uh, I don't know. I have a few ideas for some that I could do. Like, like the thing with me, if anybody knows me, like, I just like to talk about shit that I like and like force, force that on people. You know what I mean? Like whatever it may be. So um, yeah, I have a few podcast ideas um, that, that I could maybe do. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes.
2: It's also weird too, because the pandemic had us all in such a weird skeleton routine that anything creative or outside you did was okay to do. But now that shit is getting busy again for everyone, it's kind of hard to schedule that extra stuff because we all have other stuff to do.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I'm taking a lot of time, you know, um, I guess answering your first question too. I forgot. (laughs) I neglected that when you said what came to the decision me and Matt uh, started talking, but I've actually known I was going to be retired. Like kind of since my last fight, I probably knew I wouldn't fight again. Um, Once again, with the announcement, I didn't really like want to announce it. Just because to me, it's like, well, everyone announces their retirement and, you know, has this and, You know, has a video or, you know, makes a post or whatever. I was like, why can't I just like not fight anymore? And then just now I do something else. I'm not fighting anymore. And, you know, but like I said, with the way the UFC works, you kind of have to do things officially. People are going to find out about it. And then at the end of the day, you know, they're like, you don't get to fight for 15 years at your level and not have people care. (laughs) I'm just like, all right, that's nice because I that's what that's something I didn't want. I didn't want all the attention and praise and all this coming, so I actually wanted to be this week when so much was going on with the big fight, but it happened last week. And like I said, like I've actually that's been the most meaningful part to me, actually. The part I kind of was like, oh no, like people are gonna you know say this and that, and I'm gonna get like it's act that's actually been the most meaningful part right when the stories and stuff started pouring in, it got like emotional, and I never. I didn't think I would because I would just think I was like past like, hey, like, I'm just going to leave this in the back. But it was an emotional thing, man. Yeah. A little choked up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey,
3: man. I think as you get older, too, you're going to be getting more and more emotional, Joe. Yeah. Jimmy cries at commercials.
1: It happens. I don't want to watch a movie or listen to music like unless it's going to make me cry. I'm like, will this make me cry. Like, I'm not I'm not into it then.
2: All right, what's, what's one? What's a movie that got you that you didn't think would get you or that you were surprised got you?
1: Dude, there's not even surprises. Like, I actually just cry on, like, I just cry on, like, happy things. Like, like a lot of happy things, like, make me cry. It doesn't have to be, like, the most devastating, like, um, movies. You know what I mean? Um, like, overly sad, like, dramatic movies. Maybe not, but, like, just, I just like, like, happy movies like hopeful yeah like me cry. you know what i mean like like to see somebody like you know down and then like get that glimmer of hope like that that's like a big um theme for me in like a lot of the movies and stuff
2: you know what got me like a little bit not a, i wasn't blubbering it was a little choked up was uh yesterday i watched a documentary on it the danbury treasures it's on netflix they okay. were a, a hockey team i don't give a shit about hockey yeah it's such an interesting story about how the mob infiltrated this, like, uh, they're below the NHL, it's UHL. And again, I don't know anything about this hockey league, but it's a fascinating documentary, but some of the camaraderie, some of the guys build at times that will get me like, wow, I didn't expect that, you know, just a little yeah. bit. It's nice. Oh yeah.
1: It's nice when it comes out of nowhere.
2: Now, are you, are you embarrassed to do it? Like if I'm with a girl, I mean, they, they all, any girl I date knows I'm a fucking, a Blubbering fool! Now, do you, are you embarrassed to do that in front of your wife, or is she just used to it at this point?
1: I know she's used to it. <laughs> she understands. She hates it. My wife, she actually like hates emotion for being the girl. Like, she just wants to listen to like fun music and like watch fun movies with no feelings. And uh, anytime like I want to watch something with feelings, she's like, ah, uh, okay. And um, you know, she can usually get through it, but like, she's not like she's not like a feelings person. She avoids that. I think the reason is like her life is pretty serious, like in a way, you know, not like dramatic, but like she always has to be on and serious and everything. She's like, look, everything's serious enough. Like I take my job, my life, like I work hard, like right. the last I want when I when I'm done, like I want to like sit down and like watch stupid shit. So like she actually got me a lot into um, respecting like reality TV um because she, her her reasoning was like look when like life is like so stressful and everything like ours is and serious and dramatic it's like don't you just want to sit there and like watch something like mindless where like you're glad your life isn't those people i guess kind of um so like she's always watching some crazy like teen mom and stuff the ones i've really gotten into are like below deck the yachting show oh incredible um, I've watched Vanderpump's, um, what other ones do I like?
3: But you don't mind 90 day Beyonce.
1: Yeah. I don't mind 90 day, but like, I like uh, that one below, too. Below deck, below deck is my one. Like I love that show. Oh, what it blow? What is below, below deck, Not the- Be- below deck is basically it, it follows like a luxury yacht, like charter season. So it follows like the lot, the yacht all in this small space, you know, six strangers, So it's always, they're wild. They work hard, you know, they play hard. So there's always, there's like five or six. So there's always drama between like the girls, the guys. It's like always like a very incestual crew because they're locked in a boat and they're just horny kids, you know? And then the other thing is like the yacht, the people that go on a yacht and want to be on TV is a whole nother story. So they deal with these crazy guests. But the thing for me is like, there's beautiful destinations, and all of that sort of stuff so it kind of like checks all these little boxes it's really fun below deck it's it's great like a travel show and some drama yeah a lot of lot of drama yeah it's like the real world like traveling it's 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 good
3: my wife watches like the 90 day fiance and then yes. watches the people that are watching the
1: show. I, I hate oh, pillow yeah.
2: talk. I don't, I don't yeah. like that one. Cause they just make dumb comments. Her shoes are too long. Ugh.
1: Megan watches all that too. Uh The people watching the show um, of, of below deck and 90 day fiance. It's hilarious.
2: Yeah. Pillow so, talk.
1: I, I get the appeal now though. Like before I'd be like, Oh, that is like, You know what I mean? Like so lowbrow, like trash. But now I'm like, there is a place for it, like in anyone's life, you know, especially, you know, living a whatever kind of life and consuming so much of this. It's like, it's nice to just, have that reprieve from anything serious.
2: It's nice to watch people and realize like, wow, we're a pretty good couple compared to these <laughs> two fucking idiots screaming yeah, exactly. at each other. Don't you hate on 90 fiance when they're like, you know, if my father doesn't approve then we might not be able to get married. It's like you're 46. Yeah. Why do you need your father to approve?
1: Yeah. They're crazy, man.
3: <laughs> hey, what about movies? I know you're a movie buff. Anything new,
1: dude? I actually haven't been watching a ton cause I've been on a lot of shows the the show I've been watching the most because so basically la- I I do my movie logs on on Instagram if you, if you guys have seen them oh yeah I like I hadn't done it in two months because I was traveling and stuff we went to Italy for two weeks it was great but like I do the movie logs and I basically put all the movies I watch and I rank them and talk about like the best the favorite the disappointment the surprise all that kind of stuff but about two months uh but month ago. I didn't watch any because I was just, I watched a show, Matt, Sarah, no joke every day, every single day I watched this show. So by the time, like the month came around, I was like, all I did was watch this show. I probably watched it through like 10 or 20 times. And it's a, it's a show called, I think you should leave on Netflix. Oh God, dude. Wait, it's a movie or show. It's a movie or it's a show. It's a show. Yeah. It's actually a sketch comedy show. Oh, But it's the stupidest, like, like speaking of things I don't, well, like, I don't watch a lot of comedy, but this is more like just absurd comedy. Like, it's like, why is this even made? How do they think of this in the writing room? Like, none of this makes any sense to me. It's not improv, is it? It's not improv. No, it's it's sketch comedy. The guy used to be on SNL, but he was like, he was too weird for SNL, basically. What's his name? Tim Robinson. Okay. Okay. I'm going to check this out. And it's on Netflix. I mean, you're going to watch it. Like anyone that watches it the first time is like, what the fuck am I watching? What's the name of it again? One more time. I think you should leave. I think you should leave. All right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wild, bro. Like wild, man. All right, Joe.
2: Well, look, Joe, congratulations, man. Like Matt said on an amazing career. And obviously you're, you know, you're a very loved guy in the UFC and, you know, I'm looking forward to whatever you do next. And, uh, you know, you you went out in, in a way I'm sure that you want to with you know, people respect you and, and your health. You know, it's got to feel good to leave on your own terms.
1: Yeah, that was good. You know, the way I'm thinking about it is like, dude, if I wanted to, I could fight. Like a lot of people fight to be in the top 10. Like I could fight in the top 10 for years to come. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? If I wanted to continue to fight guys in the top 10 and make money, I could. But I never wanted to do this as a job you know, I wanted to do it to be the best when that didn't happen, you know, it'd be like, well, it's a job if I'm fighting guys in the top 10, especially this, this next batch of guys in the top 10 are guys that used to watch me with their dads in high school. And, you know, the, the group ahead of that are guys I coach on the ultimate fighter. So like the fun part was just kind of taken out of it. And it's like, yeah, I, I could find the top 10, like this could be my job, but like, I don't want that to be, I'd rather move on and, and do something that I'm going to be super into.
2: Yeah, just something else you want to do? Yeah, yeah.
1: Shit, Joe. Well, listen, man. You know we love you. Anytime you want to come on and bullshit about anything. You
2: yeah, do, you talk you. movies or whatever.
1: Let's do it. Love you guys, man. Appreciate you guys having me on.
2: All right, buddy. Good talking to you. And again, congratulations. Well, that was great. Thank you. To uh, we have to wrap up because Matt and I have to do this live thing. Wait, so that's listen.
3: Wednesday. I'm gonna be on before talking about the other fights. Let's just touch more base on what happened over the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I'm the one. We gave the proper dues to the people that were uh Okay, yeah. You know, sure. Not everybody, you know, we didn't get to all the fights, and I want to give some props.
2: All right. Well, we'll uh see you guys on Wednesday and we'll talk more about everything. And uh thank you to Joseph Benavides and my pal Dan Soder. And uh, Matt, I'll see you soon.
3: Hey Jimmy, you're on Cameo. I'm on Cameo too. Matt Sarah.
2: That's right, Jim Norton.
3: Yeah, well, Buffalo. go catch,
2: check me out in Buffalo this weekend if you want.
3: Ooh, bye, everyone.
2: Yeah, bye.
4: This episode is brought to you by Paycor, the HR and payroll software made for leaders. It's never been harder to recruit, hire, and engage workers. That's why HR leaders and frontline managers depend on Paycor for all things people management. From onboarding and performance reviews, to compensation and benefits learn more at paycor.com/leaders that's p a y c o r.com/leaders
0: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well